a key productive production. Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. Interviews with professionals about how they use apps, software, habits, and routines every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Tools They Use podcast. It is Francesco here. Today, I am very lucky to be joined by Wade Foster. Uh, Wade is the uh, CEO and founder of Zapier, which is a automations company based in, well, everywhere. They're a distributor company. <laughs> uh, Wade, it's great to have you. Um, tell us a little bit about your role um, over at the team. Yeah, thanks for having me too, Francesco. So I'm I'm one of the co-founders, the CEO at Zapier. And, uh, you know, I've been working on this now for eight years. And so the role has changed a lot in eight years. I remember when we started in 2011, the job was everything. <laughs> you write code, you get customers, you do the customer support, you do the accounting, you do payroll, you do everything. Uh, you know, fast forward eight years and the, the team's about 250 people now. And now a lot of it's, you know, what's the company uh, mission and vision, recruiting talent into the team, helping people stay aligned, uh, that kind of stuff. So it, the, the job changes a little every year. Oh, definitely. But um, it's obviously been quite an exciting couple of years for you. Um, and I, I've always uh, really loved what you guys have been doing, especially with the distributed team stuff. So we'll we'll dive into that. But I guess my biggest question is, uh, for years now, I've been calling, like I go through stints of periods of time where I call Zapier, Zapier, <laughs> and then Zapier sometimes. What What's the, like... What is there a right way to say it, or is can you say it those both ways? Zapier makes you happier is what we say internally. That's sort of the official uh, pronunciation. That's a really smart little catch line. Yep. <laughs> Zapier <laughs> makes you happier. Brilliant. Well, um, I'm I'm really excited to have you here. Um, and as I, as I was saying to you before, um, I saw you on Paul Miner's uh, podcast, which we'll link in the description. I thought it was a, a fantastic interview. So. Um, I've, I've prepared a few questions for you. Uh, and, and the first one is really, um, there, there are so many use cases of, of, of Zapier every single day, you know, teams, individuals using it across the world. Um, what are a few of the, uh, the examples that you like to talk about um, that, that impress you? We see people, like you said, using Zapier for tons of different use cases. Uh, some of the stuff that stands out a lot is folks in, uh, any, anyone in a sort of customer facing role. So like marketing and sales and customer service tend to find a lot of benefit from it. You know, I just talking to a customer this morning who runs a real estate business and, and she, uh, updates and, ma and manages her leads and clients based on folks, you know, sending, filling out a form online saying, Hey, I want to look at a, look at a house. And she automatically schedules when that happens. She sends an email and a text confirmation to them through her tools. Uh, and she was saying that Zapier helps. Uh, her cut down uh, the time she spends on on the business by like 40%, something like that. Wow. Uh, so you see use cases like that. You know, you run into, uh, since we're on a podcast, uh, you know, podcasters we see all the time taking recordings, uh, automatically take a recording, send it over to a service like Rev, get the transcription from that, and then automatically upload the transcription uh, to... Uh, like WordPress alongside of the files so that there's a, a draft WordPress post getting ready to go. Uh, so you see things like that, that automate just kind of the, the back office management of running a podcast. Uh, but the use cases really span across 
so many different types of industries that really the creativity is sort of what what holds folks back from from finding you know ways to get more out of it yeah definitely and it it's actually something in 2020 that i want to get myself more involved in because it, it yeah it's, it's literally like having a, an extra person in your team running around for you uh doing all those sort of everyday routine tasks that you never really think about sort of implementing so yeah i mean it, it's something that i know a lot of the community use on a day-to-day basis so uh, it's helped so many people and um I, I i got off a call the other day with uh chris dancy um mm-hmm. who you guys may know of because <laughs> he uses it so uh, excessively and it's uh, amazing to see what setups he's created yeah, I mean, the world's most connected man. He like, you know, he uses Zapier to like document his entire life to log everything about what he's doing, when he's doing it, where he's doing it, uh, all those sorts of things. Uh, so, you know, that's another, you know, pretty fascinating use case of, of a tool like Zapier. Yeah, definitely. And um, obviously, uh, you and the team work very hard. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very big fan of the blog. I think the blog's like a uh, I always recommend it. I, I don't try not to recommend like company blogs all the time because <laughs> I quite like, I don't know, cre- creators um, sort of, I like doing this sort of uh, individual videos, but I, I always tend to recommend because you do such good like roundups and also uh, featured verses and showdown pieces and you cover so many apps, but obviously your team is distributed. Um Am I right in saying it's across 24 countries? Yeah, we are spread across 24 countries, I believe, you know, every country in the or every continent in the world except Antarctica. So if you know anyone wow. in Antarctica, you know, <laughs> <let> <laughs> the hiring know. gracious goes from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Fantastic. And and how do you go about managing that? Because that's that's literally a 24-7 business. Um, what is I, I guess sort of the your your culture around that sort of process? Yeah. So I think there's, you know, two components to this. There's the camaraderie side of it, which I think is what folks think of a lot of times when they think about culture, they think about how do people feel when they sort of show up to work? Do they have a good relationships with their peers, that sort of thing. And then the other side of culture is what do we value? How do we get work done? What are the things that um, make us successful? How are we able to meet deadlines? All those sorts of things. Um, From a camaraderie aspect, we do a handful of things formally and informally. Formally, we have off-sites twice a year where, I guess, or on-sites in our case, where we fly everyone together. In fact, just last week, we had everyone in Minneapolis for the week. Those in-person elements are really important for building those bonds. We're staunch supporters of distributed work, but there is in-person won't ever be fully replaced, I don't think, um, because there is just something special about having that happen. We do that. We have pair buddies. So there's a bot inside of Slack that automatically assigns you with one other person in the company. And you can jump on a Zoom call and say, hello, talk about life, uh, talk about your hobbies, talk about your family. There's super informal way to build connections with each other. We have um, a, a set of channels inside of Slack that are like water cooler type channels. They're all prefixed with fun. So there's things like fun parenthood, fun movies, fun gardening. Uh, There's even things like fun ham radio. Uh, So they can get pretty obscure, but they're places where folks on the team can congregate around shared interests and it recreates that water cooler. All these types of things create some of that camaraderie where folks start to build relationships with their peers 
that are as strong and sometimes even stronger than you would find uh, folks have with uh, peers inside of an office. So that's on the camaraderie side. Then on the sort of just getting work done, a lot of that boils down to just discipline and good management practices. Uh, I think there's an old school management philosophy around managing around butts and seats that's kind of just not effective. They sort of look out onto the, the floor and they see everyone sitting there and they assume work is getting done. But that's really not good management. What good management is, is, you know, setting objectives, uh, setting clear expectations with each other, mutually coming up with those shared goals, and then helping hold each other accountable for that and supporting each other through that. And you can do that anywhere. It's all about, you can jump on a Zoom call and set expectations. You can be in Slack and say, here's what we want to get to at the end of this week. And then at the end of the week, checking in and saying, hey, did we get that done? Yes or no? Uh, that doesn't require you to be in the same location to do that sort of stuff. So I think really from a cultural standpoint of getting the work done, we just focus on what is the work to get done and then let's go do it and sort of make it happen. Uh, and that really action-oriented approach uh, works for us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, how many employees is it now? Over 250? Yeah, so? 250, yeah. I mean, again, that's massive. And and the thing is, if you're able to still, which you have been doing is sort of bring that culture into the play, it, it can make a massive impact on all of those employees' lives. So um, no, it's it's something that I, you know, if I ever go ahead and create a company, I'm definitely um, implementing those sort of uh, culture rules. And um, there you, I, I quite like that you mentioned the Slack bot as well, being able to connect up with um, other obviously employees in the company so that you're getting that sort of interaction with them. When it comes to tools that you guys use um, at Zapier, what's the, what are the sort of toolkits that you go around day to day um, in terms of communication, productivity, management? Yeah. If there's ever a company that's tool happy, it's probably Zapier. We use so many tools inside of the company to just get the work done. Part of it's dog fooding, but part of it's just, we like different things. Uh, the most sort of, I think, frequently used rule to tools are Zoom and Slack. So those are our big communication tools. It's about Slack is where we sort of talk about the day-to-day, um, hour-by-hour work that's getting done. Zoom is when you have to uh, sync up real-time, that face-to-face communication, those meetings, that synchronous work is really important. Then we have a set of other tools that help us out quite a bit. We've built an internal tool called Async that helps us with um, setting OKRs, uh, objectives and key results. It's sort of our management framework. Uh, we it, it has a longer form like blogging platform that helps us uh, distribute information. So rather than sending like team at emails, I'll publish a post to async as a way of communicating more broadly with the team. Uh, then we use like things like Airtable for like collecting data from all sorts of things. So we have like a user feedback database that sort of logs all the feedback our customers are giving. We like this. We don't like this. Uh, we have a feature request around this. Uh, we use tools like uh, we use uh, Google Docs, Quip, and Coda uh, all for sort of document management. Different teams use different things there. Uh, we're using Jira for uh, all of our sort of feature requests and product planning uh, and sprint backlogs, those types of things. Uh, And then various teams use 
different tools for very, you know, very specific jobs that they have. So the, the tools inside of Zapier are, are uh, plentiful. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but the thing is there is that obviously um, it's a good opportunity for all of the employees of the company to test all of the zaps that they're working with all this different software. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of beneficial at the same time. It's like a bit of yeah. education and yeah. personalization. <laughs> I think a lot of companies would look at our setup and say, this is crazy. We have to consolidate. Like there's no way anyone can get this stuff done. Uh, but for us, like it is a little crazy, but it does do what you're talking about. It helps us dog food the product. We see, you know, how, can we, does Zapier work well with these other tools? Where are the, the feature sets rich? And then where are they not? Uh, and where do we have to make that stuff better? And so that ability to use a lot of tools effectively and dog food our own product effectively helps make Zapier better uh, along the way. Fantastic. And and one of the, the things I always see, I always get email updates about uh, automation. You guys are adding um, all the different apps that you're making available. Um, how many uh, roughly like apps are you making available every single month um, on the oh, Zapier platform? We're adding, uh, I think we're up to maybe 50 new apps on the platform a month these days. Wow. That's really good because mm-hmm. it just sort of adds to it. And, and I know one of the biggest ones, at least in the community, that people were asking for are the, the Notion one. Um, mm, yeah, we're excited. A- <laughs> we're, we're, we've been, I, I, I don't think I can share more than that, but we're excited to get something <laughs> with Notion going. <laughs> Fantastic. Now I can imagine. And um, one of the things, one of the sort of final questions I had for you, which I guess is going to be a little bit of a longer one, is about the future of work. Because mm-hmm. you guys are in that, the field of automations. Um, and I think that's like a, a really big industry, especially in the tech space is being able to automate these small things. Um, and, and w- I guess, where do you see um, that going? Like where do you yeah. see AI and automations going in the future? Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple things that are important. One is, you know, with, uh, with the distributed work, when you think about distributed versus in an office, I, I really don't think that binary uh, dichotomy is really that useful. I think really what it's about is digital first workflows. Even for folks who are working in an office, they're starting with collaborating in a Google Doc or talking via Slack or even jumping on video conferences while they're in the same building or different floors of the same building. So those digital first workflows are what allow people to work close together or spread out, you know, thousands of miles away. And when you start to have the work happen inside these tools, all of a sudden you're getting better at documenting a lot of the work that's going on. You have a lot of data that's being generated and that creates a need for automation and for AI. Uh, And you can use those tools to be more effective at your job. And I think one of the things we'll see is more and more people become capable of using a skill set like automation. Uh, I like to talk about it in the same way that typing became a thing that all of us do. When you go back to the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, typing was a job. Like you would hire someone to come in and be your typist. Uh, Most people in an office didn't type. Uh, But over time, typing became a thing that everybody does. Uh, Nowadays, it it would be silly for an organization to hire the person who does the typing. Uh, That just sounds comical even saying it out loud. And I think automation is going to go through sort of a similar 
uh, trajectory where for a while we'll have people who are really good at automation and we we'll might even have jobs that have automation as part of their job description. Maybe you're in auto- operations or uh, maybe you're in IT or whatever. Um, those jobs will, those people who are in those roles will start to uh, deploy more and more automation and that skill will be a part of what they do. And then you'll see maybe even new roles that emerge, new job types that will emerge where, will emerge where automation is part of that. But at a certain point, this is going to become so common that everyone will just do this stuff. Um, We'll reach a tipping point where automation will be a core part of all of our jobs, uh, just like typing became a core part of all of our jobs a long time ago as well, too. Uh, And so I think as you look out farther out into the future, 10 years down the line, um, we'll start to see this play out um, across the, the, the workforce. Amazing. And, uh, and, and obviously one of the things I, I had there is, you know, like that sort of remote culture, um, that you guys have, and you might have, you might be able to see this over obviously more employees that you have. Um, do you think that, uh, like all of those employees that are out in the world that aren't necessarily working in cities, do you think that, um, because of the remote working movement that smaller towns and, 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 and villages will actually benefit from, you know, actually loads of people working remotely. Do you think that's a thing? I certainly think that y- you will see more of that become a-, a thing. I mean, I think you even see it here in California, for example. There's, you know, the housing uh, market here in California is so high. The cost of housing is 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 insane. And as a result, many folks in San Francisco are moving to other cities and many times much smaller cities. However, they're keeping their jobs. They're continuing to work remotely for the companies that they've been employed by. And so you're seeing all these other cities start to benefit from the fact that we can work from anywhere. And so I think you're going to see a whole new renaissance of small cities, medium-sized cities, all these types of cities are going to benefit from the fact that you don't have to necessarily be in a big city to get a good a good paying job. Uh, and instead you can be wherever you sort of prefer to be. You know, you want to be in the mountains, do you want to be in the beach, do you want to be where your family is, wherever that matters most to you is where you can be and you can have a job and a good job uh, for a company that's, you know, halfway across the world many times. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, that's something that I, I believe in as well. And I think that it's going to be quite exciting to see what happens with the space and, and you guys are at the forefront of that. So that's uh that's really exciting. Um, Wade, uh, if people want to go and check out um, Zapier after uh, this podcast, where can they find you? They should definitely go to zapier.com. Check it out. Uh, like you mentioned before, the blog has lots of great examples for how to get started, uh, uh, different tools they can check out. And if they want to follow up with me, I'm on. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter at Wade Foster there. You can uh, follow me, say hey, uh, and, and uh, we can stay connected there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, uh, I'm really excited. And and is there anything, uh, just as a final remark, anything that you'd like the um, Zapier community to know um, about the product, if there's anything coming up? Uh, go go subscribe to the blog and stay tuned. <laughs> Teasers there. Um, yep. Brilliant. Uh, amazing to have you, Wade. Thank you so much. And uh, I really look forward to keeping in touch with you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Francesco. Thank you. Are you a subscriber on the Keep Productive YouTube channel? If not, you'd love it. Software reviews and news. Just search for Keep Productive on YouTube for weekly videos. Thanks for listening. 
to the Tools They Use podcast, a Keep Productive production. See you next time.